Health is Wealth with Dr. Mike on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and this is Health is Wealth with Dr. Mike Carozza. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez. Over to Dr. Mike with today's guest. Well, thank you, Tina. Uh, joining us today is Henry Rollins. Uh, he's the founder of the Detox Project, and I'm very excited to talk about this because we're really going to get into you know the basis of, um, of the premise of this. And so welcome to the show, Henry. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on. Um, so maybe you can just uh, tell our listeners a little bit about the Detox Project. Um, obviously, I'm a huge fan. I, I love the initiative. And, uh, and a little bit about your work. Sure thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been working on the Detox Project with our team for the last seven years. Uh, before that, I was actually a, a, a journalist concentrating on agricultural and health topics um, all over Europe. But the Detox Project came about because I was a little frustrated by the uh, lack of attention on toxic chemicals and the lack of awareness uh, amongst the general public, not just here in Europe, but uh, in, in North America and pretty much all over the world. There was definitely a lack of awareness, which is, which is luckily growing at last. Um, and so we, we concentrated seven years ago on setting up something which hadn't been done before, which was to enable the general public to test themselves for toxic pesticides and to find out what levels were actually in their, in their bodies. Um, so we worked to begin with with the University of California, San Francisco, a little bit with King's College London as well on setting up methods and different technologies that could be used for testing the general public for um, pesticide exposure. Um, when we started, it was extremely expensive to, to test um, human samples for, for glyphosate, uh, which is the, the most used um, weed killer in the world, and also for most other pesticides. So we aimed to try and get the price down as low as possible so that the public could start testing themselves. And by expensive, it was originally about seven years ago, it was costing over $500 per sample to test just for glyphosate and between $500 and $800 to test um, for glyphosate and a range of other ubiquitous pesticides. So it was it was really, really a lot of money and, and obviously not uh, not open for the public use. Um, and so we've concentrated on, on enabling different ways for, for the public to test themselves. And during that process, we also started testing food. So we tested food across the US, the most popular, the most popular foods off the, off the shelf. And found a lot of contamination, uh, specifically with glyphosate, um, across lots of different categories, uh, which, was, which was fascinating because, again, it, had, it wasn't, wasn't at that time public knowledge. So we did that, um, and from, from that point, lots and lots of brands, uh, food brands, supplement brands, started getting in touch with us and saying, look, we, we have clean supply chains, can we, can we please find a way to promote the fact that we're, we're the, the rare brands that are doing a good job 
and so we set up glyphosate residue free certification um, a few years ago, which is now the third fastest certification uh, growth-wise in North America. So, yep, the, the awareness is growing, as I said, for all these Now, Henry, before we talk specifically about testing ourselves, can you tell us about your own upbringing, your own history? Where did this idea, this inspiration come from? Sure. Um, So my family has been involved in campaigning and, uh, let's say, expertise in uh, in toxic chemicals for the last 100 years. Uh, So it's gone back four generations. Uh, We've first started concentrating through my great-grandfather on, on, on fluoride. Um, he was a chemist. He actually invented the neon light and um, uh, discovered, along with a team, uh, the argon gases. Uh, and he, he realized that there was a problem with the fluoridization of water, uh, which he campaigned against a lot and got the levels of fluoride that was used in water down quite a long way. And uh, my mother has worked for a long period of time on issues surrounding GM crops in the UK, specifically in Wales. So we, I, I was brought up in this surrounding, so I'm actually from an, from an organic farm myself, a uh, family farm, and so it was a kind of natural step um, to, to move into trying to, to create as much awareness as possible, uh, because it was Obviously, um, there was awareness surrounding GMOs, but there was a lack of awareness surrounding the chemicals that are used with GMOs, uh, specifically glyphosate. So that's, that's what I've been concentrating on. Um, but it's it's a, it's a long-term family campaign, let's put it like that. And we've, uh, at last, after all of that time, started to see some progress because it's been a it's been difficult to to. to close the circle you, you you get rid of you get rid of one chemical and another one comes up so it's yeah it's a it's a it's a constant problem and i think the only way of getting through that problem is to uh to create mass public awareness uh, and there, therefore um for there to be non-chemical alternatives to the systems that are currently being used and the, and the products that are currently being used yeah for, first of all i mean kudos to that because wow what an amazing um journey and uh, of course it's not it's nowhere near the end uh i guess this would just be the beginning but it's nice to see the light at the end of the tunnel so i've been a, i've been in practice for over a decade now and you know i see a lot of multiple chemical sensitivity patients and part of what we do is we try to help people and and create this awareness and to have an organization like yourself I just applaud you tremendously because what a huge undertaking and a tremendous success. You know, we I can see one patient at a time and tell them their issue. And, you know, um, obviously you mentioned, uh, I'd like to just for our listeners to understand, you talk about the glyphosate uh, or glyphosate, right? Or is it glyphosate or glyphosate? What's the proper pronunciation? Uh, <laughs> it depends where you are in the world. Yeah, I guess. Am I saying it correct? Is it glyphosate? Uh, you're, you're, you're saying it both ways correct. Uh, glyphosate, glyphosate. So so for our listeners out there, this is the major pesticide in the world. Um, this is, you know, I don't know if we should mention the name brand but uh, or who, who's, the, who's the owner or whatnot, but this is the, this is the roundup. This is the weed killer. 
Um, it doesn't just kill weeds. Uh, we know now that it's uh, taking a bite and a chunk out of our immune system very, very slowly, um, especially in our digestive tract, because I see a lot of GI problems with my office and my clinic. Um, and this is a truly amazing initiative. So I just want to get our listeners to understand about this, this, this pesticide use, how they're finding it in the crops, they're finding it in the, the wines, they're finding it in places where you know, otherwise shouldn't be there. It's, it's ending up in our streams. It's getting in our water supply, our ground. You know, uh, the, the farms and, and the soil is broken, Henry. Would you not agree that it's broken? Because, you know, um, you, you know wh- wh- when the rainwater comes down on the soil, and then, and then now the soil is so hard after tilling uh, t- like 50 times, that hard soil, it becomes, the water starts running off, and then this, this contaminant actually gets into our streams and our water source. So no longer is, is spring water even acceptable, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, just, just um, glyphosate really is the, is the base chemical of industrial agriculture. So um, it's, it's amazing that uh, pretty much all of the, let's call them bad agricultural systems globally, are based on one single chemical. Um, and and the, model, the model has been set up in a couple of ways. One is that um, most monocrop systems, which mean that you plant the same crop every year in the same ground, um, are based on the use of this weed killer. Uh, it's very easy to use for the farmers. Um, it clears weeds um, very, very simply for them. And another, another part of that system is when, when genetically modified um, crops came into the equation, they decided to make those genetically modified crops all to be resistant to glyphosate, which means that you can spray the chemical over the top of the crop. It doesn't kill the crop but it kills all the weeds between the crops. So in that currently over 80% of all GM crops in the world are glyphosate resistant. Hmm. Um, and so the whole, the whole system that we're currently under, which is a monocrop system, which often includes genetically modified crops, um, is based on, on this chemical. So the use has gone up 15-fold, so it's 15 times the use of glyphosate since 1995. And it literally now is everywhere. Uh, as, you, as you mentioned, it, it, uh, in, in the majority of things that are tested, glyphosate will, 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 get, will, will be there. The only slight uh, good thing, if you can call it a good thing, is that if you're talking about the general public, it's only generally going to get into the food supply if it is sprayed just before harvest because glyphosate is very water-soluble. So if a farmer sprays a few months before harvest, harvest with glyphosate, it's more unlikely that it's going to get into the final, final product. However, and especially in Canada, a lot of farmers on oats and wheat spray glyphosate within, within the two weeks just before harvest because uh, it dries the crop out and it makes it ripe, right, it makes it ripe and quicker. And so, therefore, there is a huge amount of glyphosate in the food that, that we all eat, um, which, as you just mentioned, regarding um, 
the GI tract and um, our, our general microbiome in our gut um, is extremely detrimental. So, yep, yep, it's it's everywhere, um, and it's and it's also widely found in in our bodies. So, it's a it's a vital a vital chemical for for supporting the current industrial agricultural model, um, and and they they haven't thought of the consequences of that. Sadly. And you say it's everywhere. What then does the average consumer do about it? Sure. I mean, when I say when I say it's everywhere, um, it's pretty much in our water supply to a certain level. Um, luckily, not not too much in our drinking water because of the way that the drinking water is filtered. So that's that's at least a, a good thing from the testing we've done all over the world. There's not that much in drinking water. Um, there is levels in, as you mentioned, soil, um, in in the vegetation, in the fields as well. Um, so it does it is generally ubiquitous. However. Um, most of that affects, obviously, the, the, the farmers and the farm workers who are actually working in, in, in that environment. Uh, consumers can, can basically cut the levels of glyphosate that they consume by avoiding products that are pre-harvest desiccated or pre-harvest sprayed. Um, and they can either do that through looking for the certification that we set up, which is glyphosate residue-free certification of products, or by avoiding completely those products that are desiccated. And just to give you an idea of what those products are, we're looking at uh, G- uh, GM soybeans, uh, wheat, oats, um, and pretty much all legumes and pulses, so your lentils, beans, um, and, and, and all, all, all sorts of other, pro- other products, but, but also things like potatoes as well, based potatoes are also desiccated. So it's difficult as a consumer currently to avoid uh, avoid glyphosate um, through through the food that you're eating, which is the main source in, in the majority of the population, um, which is exactly why we set up the certification. Um, but you can do something about it even without the certification, which is avoiding desiccated crops. And to some extent, uh, Henry, of course, you know, I'm a huge proponent of local organic uh, farmers and supporting these, these farmers. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, you know, skeptics out there saying, you know what, the organic farmers, you know, it's all the same. I mean, I'm a huge advocate for organic farmers, as I mentioned. So I've, I've actually broke bread with these farmers. I've sat at their tables. I've seen their crops. I, I understand how they do things. And, and it's the, it, it, obviously this new world order of regeneration, which is, you know, they believe that they can bring the soils back, even though they're all completely broken in, in, in society. But the point is, is that, you know, shopping organic and having uh, local farmed crops, non-genetically modified, I mean, wouldn't you say that, you know, if, if you're a consumer, one way to really uh, ensure you know, uh, to have minimal glyphosates or glyphosates in your body is to is to is to do that. Absolutely. So um, one of the one of the keys here is, as I mentioned, I, I grew up on an organic farm and I I I've always supported the, the the idea of organic farming for 
for the very reason that you can avoid the majority of the toxic chemicals that are in non-organic produce. So um, it's it's an, an obvious step to take. Um, specifically with glyphosate, uh, I would say that organic is, is vital, so buying buying organic and supporting organic farmers is, is a vital step. Um, sadly, uh, it's not uh, the panacea, um, and, and the reason, reason for that is that um, there are issues with organic supply chains. Um, it's, it's a great step, and, and to tell you the truth, we wouldn't even have bothered setting up glyphosate residue free certification for products if um, organic had covered the whole, uh, the whole glyphosate issue. Um, and the reason that they don't is because uh, there's a lack of control, specifically in North America, not so much in Europe, but in some parts of Europe as well. Um, lack of control of some organic supply chains, um, specifically, for example, with pea protein. Um, pea protein, which is kind of the you know the the, the big in in product at the moment, the, the fashionable product, let's call it, uh, which is the base of products like Beyond Meat and others. Um, in the, in the plant-based movement, um, pea protein has a massive problem with glyphosate, uh, and that's just purely because there is a lack of control over the supply chain. And just to give you an example of what that means, most of the peas for pea protein are grown in Canada and the northern part of uh, the U.S. Uh, they're then shipped over to China and processed. So 90% of the pea protein is processed in China. It's processed in, it's processed in China, however, there's a massive lack of control of the pea protein that comes back in the form of products um, back into the US and back into Canada. Um, and so, in fact, we found last year when we tested a, a wide variety of, of pea protein that we didn't find any samples um, of pea protein which hadn't got glyphosate in and actually, some of the organic had higher levels than in the conventional. And the reason is that no one is controlling the system. And so when you talk about regenerative agriculture and you talk about organic, um, it's very, very important that the, the supply chains are both local and they're processed locally. Um, and, and you can find that out very easily from most brands that are, you know, if you, if you put a little bit of effort into the into finding out from the brands that you're consuming, you can find out whether they've got controlled supply chains. So organic is a massive step in the right direction, but sadly it's not uh, 100% the answer yet towards uh, eating uh, glyphosate-free food. Um, and and hopefully, that, hopefully that will change, and, and that, will, that can only change with, with consumers pushing for um, organic brands to be doing the correct the correct thing in that space. Well, I mean that's the the other the other issue is the processing. I mean we know that processed foods, whether they're organic or not, there's going to be some kind of issue with processed foods. I mean, look, yep. the biggest the you you mentioned the biggest ones the biggest uh, food supplies that have been affected by glyphosates, and and we know that soy, wheat, and oats. Of course, the legumes, but mainly, you know, soy was a big thing for the vegetarians and the vegans. You know, it was a big thing on soy protein. This was huge, and tofu, and how this gets... Pro but again, you know, when you process these down, 
there's a whole different step that comes. I mean, the farmer can say, hey, this is organic, but now you're taking it to China and you're mixing it. And, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a whole difference between, um, you know, uh, what's going to happen with the process and you're just trying to bring it back. And, and I read that study, uh, Henry, about uh, the, the, the pea protein and how it's the new in thing. And, and, you know, right now, I guess for, you know, for a lot of vegans and vegetarians, I think um, the type of food that they have to consume, unfortunately, is going to have to be processed. But the reality is, you know, I'm a firm believer in unprocessed foods. I think that, you know, if you can go to a farm or something farm fresh or, you know, and, and you know that a local farm or an organic or non-genetically modified farmer is going to give you a supply of, you know, crops or whether it's arugula or broccoli or some kind of salad that you know that you feel good or some kind of greens, then you know that, you know, you trust that because that again, like you mentioned, that supply chain, you know, where is it coming from? Is it getting distributed? So, you know, that's one of the key things that I think you spoke uh, about that, that is important for our listeners is about local. It's about supporting local farmers and, and, and having faith in them. And then that whole aspect, you know, are you a fan of the uh, non-GMO verified group? I am, I am, for a few reasons. So, I mean, uh, just just to, to step back on on a couple of the uh, a couple of the points you made, whole food is absolutely the the answer to avoiding toxic chemicals. So, if you if you want uh, um, uh, to, to to be certain about what you're eating, you should eat whole food that you source directly from local farmers, um, and that you can have a traceable supply chain because that that is the best traceable supply chain. You can fully trust absolutely. yourself to go to the farm. And, you know, to, to understand that process. When people do eat processed food, and, and the majority of the population does, um, then you should definitely contact those main brands that you eat and say, look, uh, what's, what's the traceability of your supply chain? Do you process locally? Because processing locally will, will also be a much safer uh, version of the system than, than processed foods which come from global supply chains. Uh, and global processing chain. So, if, if you're eating, and, and something, something also on that point is that remember that the main problem with toxic chemicals is not poisoning from a huge dose. It's the constant intake of certain foods. So, if you concentrate as as a consumer on just the brands that you regularly eat and say, okay, I'll contact them, and I'll talk to them, and I'll say, look, uh, what? Uh, just a couple of questions, really. Are, are you um, certified organic, um, certified glyphosate residue-free, non-GMO, and are, are your, uh, is your processing done locally and in, in a controlled way? If you, are, if you actually ask those questions, you'll be, you'll be moving towards uh, a much cleaner diet and obviously avoiding lots of the health problems that could, could come out. Um, and, and to your second question regarding um, uh, non-GMO verified, non-GMO verified has done an amazing job with the idea of awareness um, surrounding uh, the issues that GMO crops brought up. Um, and one of those issues being uh, being the use of glyphosate. However, there are some problems also, I'd say, with non-GMO verified. One is it's become so popular that it sometimes takes away the consumer's um, eyes from 
the importance of eating organic. Um, and the reason being is that non-GMO is not organic. It's, it's nowhere near organic purely because, for example, oats and wheat, there, is no, there are no GM currently uh, varieties that are grown of oats or wheat. All of them are conventional. However, they're often very high in toxic chemicals. And so are many fruits non-GMO, but uh, they, they obviously um, are again in a conventional system drenched in, in, in glyphosate and other, other toxic pesticides. So uh, it's, it's done a great job on awareness, but it's not something to be relied on on its own um, as something you look on, the, look on the label and say, okay, it's non-GMO, it must be great, because it's just, it's just simply not true. It's a, it's a kind of balanced view of, of, of the whole non-GMO project. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, listen, uh, Henry, we're going to um, we're, we're definitely going to have you back on the show. Hopefully, you can join us back next week because um, we definitely have some more questions. But we really appreciate, yeah, uh, we really appreciate if you can come back, of course. And but most importantly, if our listeners want more information about the Detox Project, how can they connect? Sure. So um, our website, which has all the details about how to test yourself, um, we've actually got the, the only currently available um, hair testing, which shows long-term exposure to pesticides. And that can be found on detoxprojects.org. Um, and also all of the information about glyphosate residue free certification as well is, is on that website. So that's the, that's the best place through which to contact us. And Dr. Mike, just before we wrap up the show, if our listeners want to connect with you or want more information about Apple Med, where can they find you? Well, they can reach us at applemed.ca. Um, obviously, they can check us out on Instagram at Apple Med Clinic, or they can call our office at 905-417-4000. Um, and I like to hang out personally at Nature's Emporium because that's where I get my organic foods. And that's it for us. Previous episodes of Health is Wealth on 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Looking for a one-stop shop to eat well and live better? Nature's Emporium has it all. 100% certified organic produce and fresh meals made daily. Visit Giuseppe's Juice Bar and Bistro and shop every aisle for nutrient-dense, allergy-friendly groceries to eco-conscious options. We offer clean cosmetics and we have York Region's biggest selection of nutraceuticals. Most importantly, we have a team of health professionals in all four locations to help you on the road to good health. For more information, visit naturesemporium.com.